Welcome to the Wedding Film Academy podcast, your go-to source for learning to create stunning wedding films and run a successful business. Here's your host, Lumix Luminary and wedding filmmaker, Jordan Bunch. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Wedding Film Academy podcast. We are continuing our series from last week with Ray Roman on luxury wedding films. And I am thrilled this week to have with me Aaron Tharp. Aaron is from 31 Films in Houston, Texas. And they have been going for uh, well over a decade now, I think. Is that right? Yeah, 15 15 years this year. That's what I was thinking. You said something like that. So awesome. And really just producing some beautiful work and getting compensated quite well for it. And so I thought that... Aaron would be the perfect person to have on for this series to be able to kind of dive deep into his journey from starting 15 years ago to on a regular basis now booking five-figure jobs. So Aaron, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, absolutely. I know you had the uh, the king on last week, so <laughs> I don't know. My my role would be like court gesture or something like that. Court I'm, gesture. I'm sure. Perfect. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, it's it's been a bla- blast, uh, kind of growing into this industry. I know, like similar to Ray, when we first started, there kind of wasn't an industry. Yep. Uh, so it, it kind of it, it's all organically grown, uh, kind of as like a grassroots thing. And a lot of us were were kind of working together back in the day. Uh, so it's been pretty fascinating to see how the industry itself has exploded, and it's it's really exciting for the future. Yeah, that's awesome. So tell me about that. You you talked about like when you started, there wasn't much of an industry. Just tell me how how did you get started in a in an industry that didn't exist? Yeah. So uh, as far as our brand, Joey Matthews, uh, he's my been my best friend for longer than 15 years. Uh, but he, he actually founded the business. Um, and originally his plan was to do band documentaries, uh, you know, perhaps do some kind of like short films or narratives. Um, but he didn't really know where it would go. It was kind of more of a a passion. Um, and a friend of ours asked him, Hey, can you film my wedding? And he had no idea what a wedding film should look like. Uh, so he was like, sure, I'll, I'll go into it. And he kind of approached it at that point, similar to how he would approach like a music video to some extent. And, uh, they got it, they loved it. And he was like, okay, cool. And they referred him to a friend and, and, you know, it kind of snowballed from there. Uh, but probably the first like three years of the existence of 31 films, uh, it was kind of that kind of growth, you know, like someone just referred them. And so it, it almost like pushed us into an industry. There was no plan of like become wedding videographers. Um, and, mm. you know, at, at some point, like three or four years in, um, he basically needed some help. And I came on to to do some editing with him. Um, and it wasn't until 2008 uh, that he basically was like, OK, I have to go full time and I need someone full time. So he that's when he brought me on full time with him. Um, so we started in 2002. Um, I think around 2007 to 2008 was almost like when the wheels really hit the ground um, as far as like this business is going forward. Because up to that point, we both we both had full time jobs. Um, 
he had had some other like part-time help along the way, but it was almost like developing what the brand would even look like at all and what our content would look like. Um, and it worked out because we, we really at that point had no idea what a wedding video should look like. And, and that played to our advantage because at the time wedding videos looked really terrible. Mm. Uh, so it was like, you know, whatever the industry standard it was at that time, uh, it wasn't something that people enjoyed watching. Um, there's always been kind of this stigma uh, and there still is even today, but it was so much worse back when we first started um, because, you know, the idea was, I, you know, that's the guy who's going to come in with the with the really annoying setup and he's going to bark commands at people and blast lights at everyone and want to interview every guest at the wedding. And uh, so early on, we even found like most of the planners, especially once we started getting into the high end world, like the biggest thing that they loved about us was how easy we were to work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so like, I, I remember early on, probably like around 2007, 2008, uh, a friend who is a photographer and he's, he's very much like a, a top photographer in the country. Uh, and he said, Hey, you guys are my, my favorites to refer, uh, not only because like your work is beautiful and, and you do great work, but because you're actually really easy to work with and really fun to work with. Um, and that kind of struck you know, accord with us because it was like, hey, we wanted to be the brand that like people enjoyed working with, uh, both couples and vendors. Like people loved the idea of working with us, um, but not to the, uh, you know, that not being something that undercuts the quality of the work that we do, um, where you're almost like passive and fly on the wall. You know, we we're still getting in there and and getting every shot that we want and uh, you know making it work for our our product, but you know, at that point, it kind of helped us even like figure out where we wanted to go just because of those interactions early on. Yeah. That's awesome. I, love so I think, it, I think it played in our, it, I think it played to our advantage that we, there wasn't an industry, you know, it wasn't an idea of like, this is what wedding films have to look like, or this is what, uh, how you should, uh, act or, or function on the day of, um, nowadays there is a lot of, you know, there's a lot of guides of, as far as like, here's, here's the path you want to take. Right. Um, and, and the, there's some great guides, but for us, to some extent, it, we wanted to do something different. And I think it helped that there wasn't really anything established around us at that point. Yep. Yeah. So you sort of, in, in a lot of ways, uh, as a team, you like carved, carved your own way, you know, you're really kind of a, kind of a pioneer in a lot of ways. How did that feel? Did that feel like, uh, did that just kind of feel right? Or did it feel, uh, was it kind of scary in a lot of ways? Talk to me about that journey a little bit more. I think it's a little of both. Um, I don't know that we ever would have said, Hey, we're pioneers or, you know, like I, I don't think we'd ever would have put that mantle on ourselves. Um, but I've had enough conversations with especially studios local to us who are now doing great work and charging really great prices uh, who didn't exist when we first started. Uh, but they're like, they've, they've contacted us or we, we've had dinner together and they basically say, Hey, like you guys helped create, you know, a market here that wasn't there. And like, we really just want to thank you for that. Um, and so it was interesting for us to see that, like, it's like, we never would have recognized that ourselves per se, 
but to see that like these other businesses are able to not only exist but thrive um, because we were we were pushing a market up that maybe didn't exist or maybe was just really low. Because I think when we started like uh, the highest the highest end wedding videographer in in Houston or maybe most of Texas would have been around like fifteen hundred bucks. You know, it would, wow. it would have been a really small. Uh, investment. It probably would have been like a two-hour video, uh, right. you know, very documentary style. Um, so us, you know, like around that time, you had like Joe Simon, you know, when he was getting started in Austin. You had Mason Jar um, with with Chris Jones. So you had a few of these studios that popped up just in our state specifically, and then uh, across the country, you had a lot of these other. You had you had uh, you know. Fiore Films, and you had Kristen Bliss and uh, Ray Roman and Still Motion. Like all of them were kind of coming up around that same time as well. Um, so it's like, you know, the, like all these pillars all over the country were kind of being established, and it made this market. And um, so I think it was exciting because you're you're talking with people. You know, we'd go to these event things, and I'd be talking to people that I I recognize are doing really amazing work. Um, and I never would say like uh, we're on par with you or we're on par with you because I. I that's just not how we function. Um, but like, I really respect everything they're doing. Um, so I can respect what that does within the industry itself. It really helps push it forward. Uh, and it creates an avenue for, for newcomers, um, to say, okay, like I see what this could be and I, I see where I could take this. Um, I could make a, a really great living and I could grow this business and I could create things that I'm really proud of, um, at the same time. And I think that's a, that's a gift of a career, no matter what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. So one thing that I saw recently that you did was y'all created this really cool video that was basically your journey over the last 15 years of wedding filmmaking. Um, and I, I loved seeing kind of your progression and of course the progression of technology and that sort yeah, of thing as yeah. well. Um, <laughs> along, along the, the, the line of those 15 years and one thing that I'm sort of, I'm curious about, and I know a lot of our listeners, listeners will be curious about is I'm sure this was, this was kind of a slow transition and you, you saw that in the, the reel that you made, but there was also sort of at one point, and I'm not sure exactly what time you'd probably be able to say, you know, a specific year, even that y'all sort of made like a jump. Um, where y'all yeah. made some leaps forward. And even recently, again, I, I noticed like in the last, uh, you know, year or two on that video, it seemed like there was another significant jump in the quality of film that you were producing. So talk to me about that journey and sort of how you made that shift, um, in terms of just the quality of work that you were doing. Yeah. I, I think within that, you know, that piece was like both, really fun and really painful to put together because <laughs> you're, you're going through some old content, you know, like we we're ripping DVDs from 2002, uh, or actually the, the 2002 wedding, we actually had to rip from a VHS that we delivered wow. on. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's that, like, that's the thing, you know, when we were even just like, we, we did a, a local party to celebrate and like, you know, just one of the things we, we had this little line that said, you know, our first wedding was delivered on VHS cassette. And just to consider the, like, just the idea of that is, it feels so distant. Yep. Um, and I think, I think when you watch that, like that, that piece, that montage, um, you really do recognize, you see like 
a similarity in our artistic approach, but you definitely see a growth in our execution. Um, mm. And then you absolutely see the jump in the technology. Uh, you know, it was, yep. it's like, you can, you can tell, Oh, that's when, uh, that's when 5d Mark two came out. Right. Okay, cool. Like, Oh, that's when, you know, you can, you can see these jumps and progressions. Um, you can tell when we were using the old 35 millimeter adapters on a camcorder and, you know, mm. so to, that is part of our growth and that's part of our journey. And what's interesting is in, in how we shoot now, a lot of it still is driven by what we were drawn to back then. Mm. Um, so, you know, shooting, you know, in those days, I don't, I don't know if you ever had to work with like a camcorder with a 35 millimeter adapter, but yeah, it's thankfully, thankfully set, not. Right? I'm not, you're, you're older than me. So <laughs> I, 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 I I may or may not be older, but like it, it definitely is a, it's a heavy setup. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's a cannon that you're carrying around and, and we used to rock it. And, uh, and what that did was it, it almost forced us, you're shooting weddings sometimes just wide open on a 85 millimeter, uh, and then like double zooming and double focusing with your actual camcorder through that lens. And it, it's a bizarre process. Um, but it, we, there was these textures and, and, and images that we created back then almost just by exploration um, that still to this day we almost are, are sometimes trying to recreate or to kind of capture that kind of magic. Um, a lot of how we function and process um, like our brand and how we look is that we, we really try not to be too pristine, um, mm. which seems counterproductive for our market, but... Um, for us, we want something that feels super real. Um, you know, like it has some edge to it. It has, mm. um, like it's not flawless because for us, flawless wasn't our brand. Our, our brand was like uh, slightly rock and roll, slightly sexy, um, very cinematic, you mm -hmm. know, like it. And, and, and that was our look. And then it was like, can we have that look, um, but really focus on story and, and do that simultaneously? Um, because I feel like back in the day, especially, uh, that it was like one or the other, are you a documentary filmmaker or are you a cinematic filmmaker? Um, and for us, it, it really was about merging those two mm. and saying, we want to make something that's compelling visually, um, where you could watch it on mute and it would still be entertaining. Uh, which I'm doing right now, by the way, in case you're wondering, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's good to know. But you can do that, and then you can simultaneously, uh, you know, like close your eyes and just listen to a story and, and it be compelling. Um, and for us, we found that what that did early on is we had people that just came to us and said, like, man, whatever y'all do is different, and that's what we like. Like, I don't, I don't know. They couldn't put their finger on it, which is expected for a client sometimes. Sure. But uh, they knew it was different. And so for a while, that became our ethos, like feel the difference, because it was all about we wanted to create something that you feel. Right. Um, and so uh, there's been these steps along the way. You know, our ethos now is make history. Um, mm. And so what we're doing now, you know, I, I think, early, you know, right around that 2008 to 2011 range, it was really about like finding the imagery, making it really, really compelling. Um, and then from then to about a year ago, it was really about, find the story and like merge the two. And then I think at this point we're almost like back to like perfecting 
in a way, how we shoot. Um, you know, so it's like, for us, it is a cycle. It goes back and forth, you know, like you always want to be working on your weakness. Um, so we're always saying, okay, like, Hey, like these, you know, these weddings, like we feel like we've got a great tap on like the storytelling aspect, but there's a way we could bring it up a notch visually or a way we could bring it up in the editing room. And so, um, I think there was, you know, we, we would, we would admit that there was probably a phase a few years ago, it was probably three or four years ago, um, where we might've gotten like a little bit complacent. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of like, Hey, we do what we do. And, and I think that's pretty natural after about 10 years of a, of a business. You're like, Hey, we're, we've always been profitable and it's, you know, people like it and we, they like working with us and it works. Um, and right in the last three, four years, I, we've really just like something in us is like stirred up to just really refine us, re- refine what we do and refine the brand again. Hmm. Um, because we do, we want to continue to stand out and there's some amazing talent in this industry. Right. Um, so it's, it's not the days where, uh, you know, someone in Texas is calling us purely because they only had two options like us. Uh, you know, like now there's, there's really great studios even in our local market in Houston. Yep. Um, and so f- we have to stand out because really all of them and, the, and they, you know, many of them would might say it to us, uh, like they're seeing what we're doing and they're going after that. Um, so we need to stay ahead of that to some degree. Um, while, while simultaneously, like we really encourage, uh, like a community, uh, aspect as far as like other other studios and other videographers um, like we work together so we don't necessarily see it like as business competition as much as like brand uh, like we want our brand to always stand out and uh, if there's a trend and we feel like that trend is going to really play out like we're going to try our best to to hold ourselves back from from jumping in on that trend uh, because that, that's going to be the only way we stand out. You know, if we jump in the trend, then suddenly we look like everyone else. Hmm. Um, so it, it, it is a journey and it's a little back and forth on both sides as far as like trying to refine it. Yeah. Boy, I love what you just said. You know, if we jump into a trend, then suddenly, suddenly we look like everyone else. So I think that's one of the, the, the big things that I see in this industry is that there are, there's, there's always these trends that come and, you know, some of them stick around for the long haul and others, you know, are there for a year or two before they're gone. Um, and yeah, one of the yeah. things I talked with, uh, I believe it was the pendographs about is that they really try to not jump on those because they don't want to constantly feel like they're reinventing themselves, but they want more of a classic look. What is it for you guys that sort of transcends the trends, but really goes after your own style to be unique because still there's only, there are, uh, you know, there's other high end wedding filmmakers in Houston. In fact, that's, uh, where our plan is to talk to one of them next week, actually. So how do you sort of transcend the, the trends in order to go after specifically that high end market with your unique look? Yeah. I mean, for us, it is kind of like we, when we see a trend, sometimes it's like, you kind of want to jump in. It's like, Hey, it's pretty, pretty rad. Like I, yep. I, you know, like you, you see some of the editing styles these days and it's like, man, that's, that's really sweet. Um, 
And, and we've had times where maybe we try it uh, just to see, like, does that feel like us? And hmm. pretty quickly we realize when it doesn't. Hmm. Um, and so there, it, it is tricky because you don't want to be, be complacent. Um, you don't want to just stay lazy and say, hey, what I do is what I do and that's it. Because if you're looking for growth, um, then you do have to change. Yep. Um, you know, you, you, to some degree, you are almost reinventing yourself as you go. Um, the, the idea is, does it stay consistent with your brand? Um, and, and does it feel like what you're telling your clients it's going to feel like? Mm-hmm. Um, so for us, it's like, you know, if a trend doesn't, if it doesn't add a value that we feel like uh, in 20 years that client is going to cherish, um, then it's really hard for us to take that take that trend on. Sure. Um, and there's been a lot of things we've even filtered out as far as how we how we shoot. Um, you know, there was the we we went through the phases where we've got tons of like 14 millimeter glide cam and and lots of slider work. You know, on every scene and and tons of transition elements. Um, and and it was like there was just a kind of a phase in editing where it was like this kind of starting to feel gimmicky, right? Mm-hmm. Like it it didn't feel natural and real. Um and, and we just don't want we you know, we don't want to create something that feels gimmicky or that in ten years that client will watch and say, Wow, that feels gimmicky. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I can watch films from uh, you know, the sixties and the seventies and still see uh really edgy, really experimental ideas that are classically used in film. Um, so I, I don't think it, that being like timeless necessarily means being safe. Uh, I sure. think you can take risks. I can, I think you can, you can like be edgy. Um, but for us, it's just a matter of like feeling it out and saying, does it, does it seem like that's going to last, uh, you know, the, the test of time. I, I think almost always the thing that like ties to it for us is, is it, is it really dependent on a specific piece of gear, uh, to pull it off? Because I think mm. if that's the case, that trend's not going to stick, mm. uh, because gear is always changing. Gear is always adapting. Um, you know, so you, you see, there was a little phase where like everyone and every wedding film had motion time lapse. Um, and, you know, it was all over every wedding film. And, and now you, you kind of see people just were like, hey, I'm tired of lagging my or lugging my big old uh, motion time lapse set up to every mm-hmm. wedding. And uh, I'm not necessarily seeing the payoff in my story. And, you know, so I, I feel like everyone kind of goes through that. You see them jump on all these, uh, you know, all these techniques and then they sort of filter it back to some degree. You, you mm. They kind of always like even out where it's like, oh, here's where I feel comfortable. Um, and for us, our clients, um, there's a certain thing whenever they watch that they, that they're looking to experience and to feel, um, we very like, even within like saying, you know, us having like a high end market, um, we still very much try to target, uh, like an accessible branch of the high end market, if that makes sense. Um, like there, there is a level in uh, luxury weddings where uh, you're kind of just the help, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like people that have so much money that like it's literally just we were on a list and it, and it, it can be baffling, you know, like some of our some of our, our weddings where we get fifteen thousand dollars, twenty thousand uh, dollars could be the one where that couple maybe didn't watch any of our films, you know, like maybe mm-hmm. it was like uh, they just they had a really great budget and the planner loved us. And, um, you know, they were like, you should use these guys They're You know, they're, they're the ones I think would be a great fit. And they said, sure. And, mm-hmm. 
you know, that, that's that baffling for me as someone who couldn't afford to hire myself <laughs> that budget. Yeah. Um, but uh, at the same time, our, our goal at that point is to make them a fan. Um, and, and, and generally they will be, you know, like if that sure. was the case, uh, generally they will be. Uh, but at the same time, we kind of find like, there's this, there's this market right, you know, right there at the high end that, that we really enjoy. And we've kind of stuck there for a few years and that's, that's sort of teetering between like the, like for us, the, the budgets typically land between that 8,000 to, you know, 14,000 range. Um, like the generally those tend to be clients who we we still have a lot of personal interaction with we're not dealing with kind of an intermediary who's like uh you know their handler um mm. and and we have those interactions they're they're huge fans of ours um they're excited about what we're going to create um because for us and our brand that's that's part of what we want um whereas you know there, you know, there's there's certain couples who would have an en- endless amount of money for us to make just an incredible feature film for their wedding, uh, where we pull out all the stops and just make like literally all they want is, uh, you know, like almost like an art film, like uh, just a, a cinematic masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not even that that interested in the story to to the, to much degree, mm. um, and and those sometimes like that's not our client. So those are sometimes the clients where we're walking away from. Um, you know, I've, I've had the, I've had the $35,000 wedding, uh, in, uh, you know, in Turks and Caicos that we walked away from, uh, because what they wanted was just the opposite of what we did. Hmm. Um, and there, there was just a degree, like for us, it was like, not only will we not enjoy creating this, like you're not going to enjoy the product. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, what, what you want is so vastly different from what we do, um, like we won't be able to make you happy. So we can actually refer you to people that we know would make you happy because they fit right in line. Um, And that's the beauty of the wedding industry is that there's no like one single market, even in the high end. Uh, There's not like this, this mold that high end wedding films need to, to fit within. Um, We have, you know, we have a handful of, of other studios that we refer weddings to just depending on having a conversation with that couple and and finding out like hey what what you're wanting like probably isn't in line with what we do um and, and we can we can explore it and see if it's something where like you know just a little bit of education sometimes goes a long way with a client sure uh but at the same time like there's molds that you know other filmmakers are they're just rocking it and we don't do that but like they do and they do it really great and so certain couples I'd I'd send to them because like that's the that's the, really the film that you want, uh, not the one that I would make. So mm. it, it's a little uh, it's interesting to develop a brand in that market, um, and especially with like the budgets that fly around at some of those weddings, um, and and still to keep your uh, you know keep your your grounding as far as like what your your brand is founded on, how you do things, how you want to do things. Um, it definitely takes like having some checks and balances where you're just having conversations about those things with each other. Yeah, for sure. Is running your business taking away from the time that you have to make better wedding films? Do you feel disorganized? What happens when a hot lead goes cold after your first email response? Do you have a system in place to stay in contact with them? Do you find yourself asking, where was that bride's phone number again? And have they paid their invoice or not? 
Which package do they get and what are their deliverables? How organized are your financial records when it comes to tax time? Wouldn't it be awesome if you could afford $40,000 or $50,000 to pay someone to take care of all this extra stuff for you? I've got an idea. How about you sign up for 17 Hats and pay just $300 a year to let their amazing online software take care of all of this for you? Before I got 17 Hats, I was buried in a sea of unorganized emails, spreadsheets, bank statements, receipts, sticky notes, Google Docs, and more. I was letting hot leaves go cold because I couldn't remember who to stay in contact with. I was spending weeks trying to get my tax records organized from my accountant. It was awful. And now I pay 17 Hats just $300 a year, and they do all of that for me. It's like having a full-time assistant working around the clock on your business, making sure that everything is organized, invoices are paid on time, and making you look like a real pro to your clients. And now, 17 Hats is giving you an amazing offer. When you use the link at the top of our website, WeddingFilmAcademy.org, you'll get 15% off the list price, and it's a great way for you to help keep us making great content each week for you. If you want to learn more about 17 Hats, go back in the archives and listen to the podcast that we did with them. We actually got to chat with the CEO and one of the VPs of 17 Hats for an hour. So definitely go back and listen to that podcast as well if you want to learn more. Thanks a ton. Let's get back to the show. I like that. Um, (laughs) I think, you know, some people and, you know, myself included when I think about, um, you know, someone approaching me about a $35,000 wedding, it's, it's hard to fathom the idea of saying, maybe you should look at this person instead. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, but I, but I appreciate that sort of, appreciate that sort of, uh, integrity that it takes in a job like that to be able to say, I'm not the right fit for you, even though I would love your $35,000. <laughs> yeah. And, and to, and, and that year, um, the wedding we walked away from, that would have been our biggest wedding of the year. Um, so, you know, it, it's not like we were just like, sorry, we've got another one that we'll move on to. Um, but it was a clear, just through conversations with, with that client, like it was very clear, like it was almost like if you said, uh, you know, Hey, Vincent Van Gogh, can you paint me a painting? But I want it to look like, uh, you know, this, and you bring a few examples from, uh, you know, from the market that look nothing like a Van Gogh. Uh, he's like, that's not how I paint, you know? Sure. And, um, you know, so that's, you're not like, whatever I try to do won't be great. And, um, so for, for us, I mean, it, it does believe me, like early, really early on, there's no way we walk away from that. Sure. Um, you know, it's like, yes, we'll take it. What do you want us to do? Like shoot everything upside down? Sure. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm fine with that. Uh, you just want but, Instagram you know, stories to... for 35 grand? Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> no, that I would do. I'd be fine <laughs> with that. Uh, so yeah, it's, I think it just takes like, kind of like, it, it, as with any trend, it's like just looking at everything and even in business interactions, making sure like, Hey, this feels like us. Like this is where we want to go. It's what we want people to see. Um, this is what we want to invest our time in. And and I think that kind of helps keep you in line. Sure. Yep. So one of the things that I heard in our conversation here is you're doing weddings at a massive range of budgets. So, you know, it sounds like you're starting at a little, maybe a little under 8,000 is what you're starting at maybe. Or are you starting at eight? So we... No, so we actually, um, 
we start at six. Okay. Um, we That's do like a cast. a la carte system. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, and really we created that package. Um, like now I'll, I'll preface this, this way, uh, our studio, we have, we have seven of us full time. Um, so we're able to function a little differently than, uh, you know, a st- if it was like Aaron Tharp films or Joey Matthews films, uh, where kind of like you are the guy and you're the guy that the client is hiring, um, you know, perhaps you have a B team, but, uh, you know, it's probably just the A team. Right. Uh, so the, the way we're able to function and, and what we did early on is we, we said like, Hey, we don't, we don't want to exclusively do destination weddings. Um, we had a year where we kind of pushed destination weddings and, uh, I think like our first or second year that we pushed, I mean, we did a ton of destination weddings, like 20, 25, somewhere around there. And, uh, we all, like most of us have families, um, and that's just not an enjoyable lifestyle for us, um, you know, in our stages of life. Um, so what we did was like, we, you know, sometimes if you're priced in that like pure luxury market, um, then that means like you're probably going to be doing a lot of destination work. Um, Houston does have a great market. Um, so we'd still would be doing weddings here, but, um, basically then you're limiting how much you're doing. Um, so with, with seven full-time, uh, you know, like producers in house, that doesn't necessarily make sense in that model. Mm. Um, so what we did was we, that's when we created our highlight package, um, where we're just creating that, you know, that, that smaller, that three to five minute edit, um, it's shorter coverage for the day. Um, and that was, that was like, Hey, we wanted to have an option that people can step into in that, that mid high range. Um, which was a lot of the clients we enjoyed working with. Those ones who were crazy about us and had watched us since college and uh, had hoped their fiancé would propose so they could call us and that kind of stuff. Um, it's like we, we we recognized that was the market that really loved, you know, like we had some great uh, connections. We created a lot of friendships with clients in that market. Um, but then with our a la carte system, um, you know, like you're able to quickly kind of build up a package um, you know, I'd, I'd say our average is around that like 9,500 range. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, we, our destination work typically is between like that 15 to, to 25 range, 15 to 25,000. And, um, we do local work. Um, you know, that's where we kind of average that like nine, sometimes up to 12, 13 around there. Um, and that's just, that's been kind of a sweet spot for us to be able to say, we're doing high end work, but we're doing, uh, you know, 40 of those weddings in a year, um, you know, versus limiting to 12 to 15, just super high end weddings. Hmm. Um, and that's what, that's what lets us function with, with all of our crew and kind of keep that rotation going. Yeah. Awesome. Love it. I'm actually looking through photos of your studio now. <laughs> um, it looks am- oh, yeah, yeah. looks amazing what y'all have built on here. Um, do you guys meet? You have uh, just I'll paint a paint a quick picture um, of what I'm seeing here. Anyways, uh, we actually talked beforehand. Looks like you guys took a took a big warehouse and turned it into really a kind of a state of the art studio and office and meeting space. Um, do you guys meet with clients here on a regular basis, or what? What do you use the space for in general? Ironically, we don't do a lot of in-person consultations. Mm-hmm. Um, I it mainly because we did 
had that phase where we did a lot of destination work and we still do a good amount. Um, we've gotten really comfortable with doing the over the phone or Skype consultations. Um, and we're a little bit out of town from Houston. Like it's probably like a 45 to one hour drive, um, you know, from Houston to our studio. Um, so if it's a local client that, that still may not be like super convenient. So we're always able to say, Hey, we can jump on a Skype and, and that's great for them. Uh, the, the handful of wedding, you know, we probably do like maybe six consultations in studio. Um, and it's great cause we, our space, like it's, it's super conducive for creating. Uh, it's like, it's a really inspirational place to work in. Yep. Um, and so when you bring a client in here, they're like, Oh my God, like for them, it, it, it is that reality of like, I'm hiring some really legit filmmakers, you know, like that's what they're going to that tell themselves. Yep. Um, and so, uh, that is part of it. Um, we also have a commercial brand called film lab and, um, we run it, we run it separate from 31 films as a brand entity, but we all work here at the studio. Um, so, you know, during even any given week, we may be doing shoots here in our studio um, or we, we have like a, you know, like a server editing system that we're all editing on here. Um, we've got a really amazing espresso set up. So this is kind of our coffee shop. I as saw well. that. So, I was pretty, pretty jealous. <laughs> we do. Uh, yeah, we, we pretty much all work at our studio full time. Um, and that's just because like, there's something different that clicks. You walk into a space that's, that's really conducive to creating, um, you know, you've got it like customized for how you want it to feel when you create. Um, it's a little different than walking down to like the home office, which we've done. And, um, you know, there's a very different feel to how you're able to to approach that day. Uh, so it, Absolutely. It, it's been an amazing move for us since we moved here. Yep, for sure. Awesome. Well, uh, one of the things I'm curious about, you talked about kind of that starting at uh, 6000 price, but at least locally you're more averaging like 9500 and then, you know, on the, you know, several thousand dollars more on the destination work. What are some of the things that you're doing to get a client from that base starting at price up towards kind of closer to where you want them to be at your averages? Yeah, so a lot of that comes in um, – it, it very much is part of the sales process. Um, I fully understand that like clients, like they don't speak our language on a regular basis. You know, they're not like, Oh, cinematic, you know, six to nine minute. Like they're, they're not thinking about those things. Yep. Uh, so for us, it really is about like giving a human perspective on what each of these pieces feels like. Mm. Um, so as part of our, our process, when we talk with a client, we, we jump on the phone um, we, we do put, um, we do put our, like our, our starting prices on the website. Um, we don't have our actual prices on there. Um, but that has helped filter out a lot of inquiries. Um, we had, we had a, a phase where we didn't have any of our pricing details. Um, and like, I mean, there was a short period where we were getting like hundreds of inquiries in a month and, wow. you know, a, a tiny percentage of those were even within our budget. So that's a lot of admin overhead, just literally turning people away, essentially. Right. Um, so, you know, for us, we found, you know, like early on, we educate on like, 
you know, here's our starting, here's kind of like an average that like a client might spend with us. You sort of set that expectation. Like, you know, most of our clients spend around here. Um, we have packages that range between here and here. So at that point, they understand kind of what those parameters are in their head. Um, something that I've noticed, you know, is people will typically pick the package in the middle. Um, mm. Uh, and that kind of goes with everything. I think that's actually like sort of a universal, if you offer, at, you know, as Starbucks makes their their cups bigger, people start drinking more right. because uh, they, you know, the Vente is no longer the largest. Okay, then give me the Vente. And like people like to feel like they're almost acting in moderation, um, mm. <laughs> you know, yep. but but indulging a little. Um, and so that's where that like kind of middle ground, it's for those people who are like, they're, they're wealthy, but sensible in a way. Sure. Um, and so at that point, we're just letting them, we're, we're conveying, uh, you know, for us, our, our middle package is our short film package. And that's like a nine to 11 minute short film. Um, and it's probably my favorite edit um, mm. as far as, as our, our packages are concerned. So that's really easy to convey to someone. If I feel like maybe they were look, like leaning towards highlight, but could be, you know, could maybe go towards a short film, um, you know, that's something that I would, you know, convey to them because in nine to 11 minutes, we can cover the whole gamut of story. Um, you know, we can have, uh, you know, we can go from really emotional to really fun, uh, you know, back to, you know, something really sweet and then like, you know, hit you in the face with something energetic at the end. Mm. Uh, whereas a shorter three to five minute edit, it's a little tighter, you know, like, you know, some of the moments have to be cut a bit tighter. Um, and so, you know, with our a la carte system, there's there's a lot of additions that that people can kind of customize their package with. Um, so, within that, it's it's re- you know most clients want to share their share their wedding films. So our our trailer edit is an easy addition for most people. Um, sure. So you get a short film, you get a trailer edit. You know, their mom and dad might want them to get a doc at it, you know, where it's just kind of like your your ceremony and first dances and their and their speeches in their full entirety. And right. So at that point, it's it's easy to get over 10,000. You know, you add these additions. Um, but they at, they also don't feel like there's just a total excess, like you're adding everything under the moon. Um, but then we have those those super high-end packages, our, our feature film or our, our same-day edit love story kind of like, uh, hybrid that we offer, mm. uh, you know, where those are for the clients who do like, they, they're not looking to be sensible. Like they're the ones who are like, what's your biggest package? Like, right. I, I want to make a huge splash with what I get. Right. Um, and so we have, we have those out there purely for them because, uh, we're going to get a handful of those clients and they're going to want to say, give me the best that you got. Mm. And if the best that we have is, uh, you know, a three to five minute highlight and that's it. Um, we can't, you can't go beyond that at that point. You've limited your market. Yep. No, I have been there. I remember when I first moved to Austin, I was at a bridal show and I had a bride that, you know, she came through the early part of the show and then she circled back at the end to come book with me. And she came up to me a little bit inebriated uh, I might say, and uh, <laughs> she she said, "Okay, I'm ready to book. What's your top package? My dad's rich." 
<laughs> and I remember kicking myself later. You came up with a package in your head right then. Yeah, exactly. I remember kicking myself later that like I didn't have something on paper that she could because at the time I just had like packages that were like, you know, you could book this package, this package, or this package. I've since moved to kind of an a la carte system where really the sky's the limit on what you can do. But yeah. at the time, yeah. you know, my my highest package was lower than my starting at price now, you know. So uh, I just remember kicking myself of, why didn't I have something bigger for this person, you know. <laughs> right, right. Well, and we had we had some like reality checks early on where, you know, we're, we were doing weddings, you know, let's say pre-2008 where, you know, maybe they, they had booked us for like a $4,500 package. And at that time it was like, man, that's a big one. You know, that, that was where we'd throw in the whole kitchen sink, yep. uh, you know, early on, early on in the business. And, uh, you'd be at a wedding and, you know, the planner would be chatting and, and you'd realize, oh, this wedding was $750,000, um, let me do the math on $4,500. You know, like you, right. you figure out that percentage and you're like, am I 0.3% of what they care about at this wedding? I yep. doubt it. Yep. Um, you know, like you you start to realize um, you have to look at it differently. Whenever you're going for a high-end market, um, you know, it, if I'm wanting weddings that are in that million-dollar range or that half a million range, uh, I need to price myself where uh, if they were to say, hey, what are the five most important things at your wedding – I want that. I want us to be one of those five. Absolutely. Um, and so, and that you know, to be reflected should, on the budget, be according on the budget spreadsheet. You know, for that to be reflected that way. Exactly. Exactly. If she said, you know, if she said the venue is her most important thing, um, but the venue was like, you know, five hundred dollars. You know, would that make sense for a wedding like that? I don't think so. Sure. Um, you know, you if you're going for that market, you have to think of it in that realm and say. Uh, I want them to value what I do, uh, so I need to create great content to to start off, um, and I need to connect with them and create a brand experience for them. Uh, but then my pricing needs to be in line. Uh, we had plenty of times in either planners or even clients, you know, in that in those early stages where they're like, "That's it," you know, like they they were almost like shocked at how cheap it was. Hmm. Um, yeah. and you're like, Oh, you know, like for <laughs> us that, you know, we almost didn't even understand what the, cause the ceiling at that point was so low, yep. um, you know, within the market that we just didn't even understand like, Oh, there's a whole nother stratosphere, um, maybe a couple more. And, you know, we haven't even tapped into those. Um, and so that, that was a big change for us, like thinking about it differently, um, I don't need to price things where I can afford it. And, right. um, because I'm not my, I'm not our target market. Right. Um, you know, like we would, we wouldn't be going for me. Um, so that's, that's the kind of way we had to approach, you know, how we restructured our, our pack, our packages and our pricing. Mm. Yeah, I think that's great. Well, uh, we're moving into that time of the podcast where we're going to do a pick of the week. So, Aaron, do you have something as a pick of the week? We're getting to Christmas time, so maybe this is something to add to your list. What do you got for me? <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to go with the uh, the Impulse LUTs. Um, they're like 35 millimeter print LUTs that that we use pretty regularly. Nice, um, even just as a base, um, and yeah, the Vision Color is the one that launches them, but um, 
we are always going for that filmic look. We want something that feels like film. Um, and so we, uh, we a lot of times are using those LUTs as sort of a foundation on our color grade uh, to, to get that 35 millimeter look. Mm. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. I even see that, um, that as a part of your brand in the, the backdrop of your website with kind of that, yeah, that yeah, really, yeah. that kind of film grain light leak kind of background that you have there. So awesome. Yeah. We, we, we try to establish pretty early on that, uh, a little bit of grit, you know, like not, not too much of a, a refined, you know, concept. Yep. Awesome. Well, I happen to be wearing my pick of the week at the moment, and I, <laughs> I'm i pretty much always wearing them when I'm at the computer with the exception of the time that I'm color grading. So what I, uh, my pick of the week is, it's called iKeeper Vintage Computer Glasses. Um, so they're anti-reflective, anti-glare, uh, UV protected and amber tinted. So it's like a blue light, uh, blue light blocker, blue light f- uh, filter. But basically, it just are those the ones that go ahead make you sleepy, or are those the ones that you can like wear before bed and they they let you go to sleep? Or uh, that would be one way to do it for sure. Yep, I think it's it's basically the idea of you know the iPhone turns on the um, the yep. like evening mode at like nine or the ten night, o'clock. Yeah. Yep, yeah. where it kind of shifts all your colors to a little amber rather than blue. Anyways, uh, yeah, these these glasses, they make my eyes feel better when I'm staring at a computer all day, which is great. And it's crazy <laughs> because I actually, I can really, really notice the difference. You know, if I sit down on my computer for a little bit and I can kind of feel it in my eyes now, I thought it was kind of silly before. But, um, of course, you definitely need to take them off if you're going to be color grading because... I made that mistake earlier today, actually. <laughs> I started doing my color grading. And I was like, oh, dang it. I'm still wearing these. <laughs> uh, so I had to go back. Everything and, looks like a horror film. It's all cool and yep. low tinted. Yep. So I had to bring everything back to, to yellow a little bit afterwards. So so it may my, my pick of the week may cause you a little bit of work <laughs> if you uh, make a mistake like I did. <laughs> but I've yeah, seen that's great. I've seen people posting links to these on Facebook that are like a hundred bucks, and I thought that's ridiculous. I'm not paying that for computer glasses. And then I found the Amazon version of it for ten bucks. I was like, okay, I'll do that. <laughs> so <laughs> I actually have a pair at the studio and a pair at the house as well, and um, I don't go a day without them now. So that's great. Yep. Highly recommended. Well, Aaron, one of the other things I wanted to do is to hear a little bit more about what you guys are doing in terms of some education. You guys are having been in the industry for 15 years. You're passing on a lot of this info that you've learned. So tell me a little bit more about kind of what you guys are doing in the education space. Yeah, so um, we we did a few workshops with uh, Story and Heart. They they host the what they call the Together workshops, and um, Story and Heart is like kind of loosely connected with with Marmoset music to some degree. You know, it's like they they're all sort of friends. Uh, it's Justin from Still Motion um, who actually heads up um, Story and Heart. So really cool community of people. I mean, they're they're super nice. Um, and they're doing some awesome stuff with education. Um, so we originally went on with them. Uh, they, they actually have like a, a, a footage licensing platform. Um, and so they wanted stuff that was like story driven. And so we, we actually are one of their core members there. 
Um, and through that, they basically said, hey, like we're getting a lot of inquiries about wedding education. Can you guys come come and do some wedding education? Um, so we did two workshops. Um, one was actually um, on our, on, it was just the wedding filmmaking workshop. And we basically in a day went through uh, everything that we wished someone would have told us early on, essentially. Um, it's like if, you, if you're early in a business or if you're starting a business in the wedding filmmaking world, um, it was it was the things that we wished we knew. Um, so we we go from business and sort of our our whole ethos and, and mentality in our brand um, up through editing process. You know how we price uh, our packages, what our you know our client consultations look like, um, what we take on the wedding day, what our gear is that we use. Um, you know, it, it's kind of the whole process. Um, and and we're actually going to do a discount on that. Um, up until December 14th is when the, the discount code will be useful, uh, or the first 30, 30 uses. So it's actually a discount of $30 off. Um, and the discount code is WFA. Um, and I'll actually, I'll get the link to you, Jordan. Uh, I know you're going to, you're basically post that, that link on, uh, the podcast page. So I'll get that link to you. Awesome. Well, that's fantastic. Thanks for doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I saw uh, not too long ago Matt Johnson, who's been a guest on the show two or three times, was was saying how he felt like it was um, cutting his editing time in half. So that's yeah, that's yeah, a pretty funny. big like, sell in and of itself. Yeah, he was a he was the star of the show. Uh, he, <laughs> he came in person, and 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 so like all the questions just kind of went through his beard, and it was it was pretty glorious. Matt tends to steal the show, so I can believe that. <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, so the the um, the class is one hundred twenty nine dollars, but you're doing it for ninety nine for the first thirty of our listeners. Is that correct? Correct. Correct. Yeah. That is awesome. Heck of a deal. So make sure you jump on that. Uh, put that on your early Christmas list, or just go ahead and buy it for yourself. Uh, make that your Christmas gift, and man, if you can save half the time in your editing, then uh, you're going to owe them a lot more money. So you're going to need to send Aaron a big tip. <laughs> I'll I'll, uh, I'll get you the royalties uh, address to send to. <laughs> it, it it's always fun to see, like especially people who have been doing this a while, like just the things that they take away. Um, you know, there's always just for us, it's like any workshop I've ever attended it's always generally helpful, but there's like one or two things that are like, man, that's going to like, like I needed that. Like that's going to change how I approach several things. Um, so it's, it's, it's been great, great feedback on that workshop. Um, a lot of great interactions on it. It was kind of, it was a live workshop. So we were able to do Q and A's from, uh, you know, people that were streaming online. So there's hopefully a lot of information for you on there. Awesome. Sounds fantastic. Well, thanks again for coming on, Aaron. This has been really excellent. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. And uh, real quick before we go, besides the workshop, which we'll post a a link to because it's got a very long link. So if you want to do the workshop, uh, make sure you go to WeddingFilmAcademy.org and look at the link that we'll post under this podcast. But also, if you want to check out the work that Aaron and the rest of the team at 31 Films is producing, where do they go to check that out? So our website is 31films.com. 
we're on Vimeo as 31 Films, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Insta- Instagram is just at 31 Films. Uh, we have Facebook and all that stuff, so it's it's pretty easy to track us with, with the name, but uh, the website will, will kind of connect you to any of them. Perfect. Yeah, and then if you want to check out some of their commercial work, they're at filmlab.com. And you can also go yep. and check out um, check out their studio if you want to get major jealous of the space that they're working in <laughs> on that website. So, yeah, it's funny the the web the commercial world is where we get to live like our double life. You know, like you know, weddings we're all about like compact, you know, like discreet setups where we're just not killing our backs, but commercial world it's all like you know alexas on easy rigs and you know jibs and dollies and it it's kind of like a split personality so awesome <laughs> it's pretty fun stuff love it well thanks again for coming on man this has been excellent yeah and thanks for having me jordan great time the wedding film academy podcast is produced by taylor juarez if you found this episode helpful be sure to subscribe so you never miss a show and help us out by leaving a five-star review on itunes And when you're done, head on over to WeddingFilmAcademy.org to chat with our other wedding filmmakers like yourself in the comments section. Until next time, keep making movie magic.